Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Not here. Hmm. Somewhere else on assignment. I don't okay. know where. Huh. But running the boards is Joey D's. Did he get lost again? Oh, I think so. It's, oh. it's up to you to find him. Okay, I'm on it. Well, no, stay here. Wait, uh, wait till after the podcast. Uh, okay. We're just going to not deal with him on this one. On today's show, we will talk since it's getting a little closer to spooky time. We've got the greatest 90s Halloween movies ranked. We've also got some D&D monsters that are great for Halloween games. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? They can get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, or just search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Yes. So many things. And now this is, uh, I didn't talk about, we're going to talk about some spooky stuff, but I wanted to get people psyched up for some things. Now, this came out last week, and it was announced, but I want to just tell everyone right now because we haven't talked about it, and I was kind of hoping uh, BJ would be here, but I can't wait any longer. So he'll just have to listen right now, and then he can weigh in later. Uh, we have been talking a lot about... Um, Maybe a live action into the Spider Verse. Yes, uh, there have been a whole lot of casting choices that they've been making in the recent uh, weeks. Really, that even like Electro from the Amazing Spider-Man Two is going to be in the next Spider-Man movie. Jamie Fox reprising that role, which would be very interesting. And now it looks like we are getting a couple more that are really leaning into a live action into the Spider Verse. I'm on the edge of my seat, Rev. Both. Now, this is according to, well, sources. Rumor has it Rumor that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield maybe are. We don't know, but it looks like they might be joining the next Spider-Man movie. So we'll have the old school Spider-Mans. So the first one, the Sam Raimi ones, was Tobey Maguire. And then uh, Andrew Garfield took over when, I don't know who the actor was, but it was the Amazing Spider-Man ones. Um, that The first one was all right. Second one, we've talked about how, mm-hmm. how flat it felt. It fell. And then even with like the old Sam Raimi ones, the first two were phenomenal. Third one, you had dancing jazz hand Spider Man, which I didn't really. Care I saw for. a lot of great memes of that recently. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. So good. Which yeah. uh, fun fact? I think I read that uh, Tobey Maguire's like grandmother taught piano or something. That's probably why he did the piano scene because he plays. Oh, that okay. That would make a little bit more sense. It's like I'll do this, but I got to play piano. <laughs> I forgot that he got changed and did the finger guns down the sidewalk mm. the whole time. I I just I relived Cringe. that it's moment. Just like the emo hair, yeah. like the over. I was just looking at that, and it's like watching it before. Four was like ew, and then watching it like I don't know how many years later now it is like of thirteen years or something ridiculous. You're like ew, like like it was just yeah that crit like you don't want to watch because you feel embarrassed for the character secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, like there's a reason why I don't watch The Office and I can't because Michael Scott is like the worst human being. He ever. is. That's correct. Like I can't. Like I just can't watch it. So it'll be interesting to see what goes along with this because uh, it's set to be directed the next Spider-Man movie from uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming and Far From Home filmmaker John Watts. Now, Movie Insider site Fandom Wire says that the Sony sources have confirmed that McGuire, Garfield, and Holland will all appear in the untitled Spider 3 cool due out in late 2021. Well, I mean, depending on whenever we can actually get movies again, so it might be later than that. So this is interesting because in the last Spider-Man, he got ousted, right? Mm-hmm. He did, at the very end or of it. Outed? Yeah, 
Ousted? <laughs> outed. He was outed. He wasn't ousted. He's still Spider-Man. It's just everybody knows he's Spider-Man now because, like, the best thing ever, they turned J. Jonah Jameson into a uh, Alex Jones-type, yes. like, podcast, live stream, news, quote-unquote, news guy. Um, and then it was the leaked Mysterio stuff mm-hmm. that was like, he's Spider-Man. And he's just like, oh, S. So how are they going to bring him into the Spider-Verse? Are there going to be more than one Spider-Man? So maybe they can confirm that he's not Spider-Man? Well, and that's the thing because it's going to uh, – the blockbuster lineup for the as-of-yet-named third Spider-Man movie will include Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange, <clears throat> excuse me, which will also in turn uh, – he'll be kind of the Tony Stark mentor role. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like in the mm-hmm. first one, it was Tony Stark. The second one had Nick Fury in the mental uh, mental mentor role. And I mean, it had a little bit of happy too. Yeah, exactly. Fake and- Nick Fury. <laughs> it was <laughs> Scroll Nick That's Fury. Right. Oh, because he's up in space right now, which we'll see Sword. in the yeah we'll see in the Disney Plus uh, series. So it'll be yeah that I forgot it. I gotta go back and watch that movie. Fake Nick Fury is not a good mentor, by the way. No, no, no. He's actually really bad. Uh, so he kind of helped out with having Happy, but I mean, Happy's banging uh, uh, Aunt May. Trying. So. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Happy. Yeah, I think at this point, maybe I'll actually get there. I don't know. We'll have to see how about that Doing one. Happy. Um, and then also Zendaya as the role of uh, MJ. And basically what their fandom wire is uh, speculating is that it's going to be strange who are going to bring all three iterations together, mm-hmm. which what we've talked about before. WandaVision comes out in, what, December? Mm-hmm. And then we've got – and that's going to be dealing with the multiverse as well. Uh, we've They've already said about that. I think Scarlet Witch is going to be dealing with stuff in Doctor Strange's movie, mm-hmm. uh, Multiverse of Madness. And so this just kind of makes sense as well. Like, they're really pushing the multiverse towards phase four and beyond, which I'm down for. I like multiverses more than I like time travel. Yeah. I was about to ask. (laughs) Because multiverses are a little... I mean, I feel like it's a little more straightforward in the idea of, like, it's just multiple universes, much like Rick and Morty. Think of it that way. But Mm -hmm. it's still... You can have a million plot holes and loops and whatever. And I'm surprised that doesn't bother you. Multiverse solves everything. Anything can happen in a different universe. Nothing to do with time travel. You can go to a universe where you exist in the exact same way, except that it's one second ahead. I can believe all of that. (laughs) It's a multiverse. It's not time travel. I love that. That, And it's like even one of those things that one of the coolest things ever was when Marvel Comics did the Ultimates. And it was Mm -hmm. not the Avengers. It was the Ultimates. But it was a different take, the ultimate universe or multiverse or whatever the hell you want to call it. That's actually the comics that got me into comic books because it was the only ones at the library. So I was a broke ass kid in high school wanting to read more comics. I would go to the library, especially in the summer, and I would get all the comics I could. And actually read a lot of Daredevil at first. Um, wow. Like, because that's what they had. Yeah, exactly. And that's like a, you're kind of mm-hmm. at the whim of like whoever's checking out what. Right. And so I was able to read up through, I think, trade like 13 or 12 on Whoa. Ultimate X Men. Oh, yeah. And that's and like. I, I have eight and nine because I couldn't find those in the library. I bought those. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's like even it got me, the Ultimate Universe got me my favorite villain of all time. Now, you might think it might be Thanos. That's what I thought. MCU, absolutely. And I do mm. love Thanos in terms of the comic books, but hands down, my favorite villain is Reed Richards' ultimate version, mm. which is the Maker. And it's because you get to see that, like, uh, that divergence of having Reed Richards being this brilliant mind, but then one who just gets totally effed up and, like, basically doesn't get to go, like, doesn't marry Sue Storm, doesn't do all of these different things and really becomes an evil, 
evil, evil, evil man doing it for the quote unquote greater good, but so much that he smashes each of like the multiverses together, blows it all up. And then it turns into the Secret Wars, which was the Battle Planet thing with God Emperor Doom. The Secret Wars wasn't that also uh, with scrolls? Uh, yes, and that yes. was the, the old school one, the original one. Oh, yeah, the OG. Okay. Yeah, the old G one. That's where Spider Man got his symbiote suit, like gotcha. all of these different things. Basically, it smashes into Battle Planet in the re- uh, updated version a couple of years ago. Was the one where it was God Emperor Doom and just dealing with all of that. So it was like super cool to see all of that happen. But it was because of the maker. You and BJ have hyped up the maker so much, and I know nothing about him. Every time I hear more about it, all I want is them to just put him into a movie already. Absolutely. And it's like... He looks a lot more badass than I was expecting, because I think you hear something like the maker. My brain immediately went to something to look like, you know, MODOK. Oh, yeah. Which I forgot to mention, you know, a few episodes back when I did talk about... I think I talked about him. Yeah, you did. um, Modoc, we're getting it on Hulu, which is going to be voiced by Pat Oswald. Mm-hmm. It's going to be live action, like little uh, the claymation, like claymation almost. Yeah, so if like Crossing Swords, Crossing Swords or Robot Chicken. Yeah, I, and exactly. I, I think I posted the trailer. It is ridiculous. Yeah, with, like it, pictures. It looks dumb and fantastic. So, Anywho, but I yeah. thought I thought the maker was going to be something ridiculous. He actually kind of looks badass, with the exception of the helmet. He looks yeah, almost it, has a Cyclops vibe. Well, and that's the funny thing too, because in the up in the uh, latest issues of like X and stuff you mentioned that uh charles xavier has that same sort of mask hmm. it's like sort of a cerebro thing for him it wasn't for the maker so i don't understand why they're doing that it makes it really kind of confusing for me but it also does absolutely look like the cyclops mask um really excited to see what they're going to be doing with spider-man the multiverses and i know we got super deep into that but uh i'm really stoked oh, oh crap uh, i think i know why he wore the mask oh because I'm watching, I'm looking at images right now. Yeah. He ends up growing like his brain kind of looks like a weird buggy alien brain. Yeah. So it actually just kind of covers the head. So it's not just for mm-hmm. adornment. It's because he's got a weird head. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's for fashion <laughs> and function. Uh, moving on from that, I talked about the greatest 90s Halloween movies. I lied. It's the greatest Halloween movie villains. Ooh. Oh. Which, I mean, still goes into the, some of the uh, greatest Halloween All right, 90s? movies. 90s. Oh, Joe, this is our, you know, our time. Yes. <laughs> well, well, I mean, well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The 90s, I was a teenager at least. You guys were babies during the 90s. How many oh. horror movies did you watch? Oh, yeah. I was, is it bad that I was just thinking, like, I was thinking, the Sanderson sisters, um, basically all the kid movies. The the bad guy in uh, Halloween Town, <laughs> the, Shredder. Oh. Shredder, Shredder. No, you know what? Like, yeah, you're thinking of all the cutesy ones. These are the terrifying ones. Yeah, you're thinking of all the fun ones, like Aww. Hocus Pocus and all of that stuff. No, but the first one that starts off on this list at number ten is kind of a fun one. Did you have you guys either of you seen Army of Darkness? Yes. Okay. No. So, oh, you should watch it. It's fun because here's the deal: it's not so much scary. It's I mean, you've watched Ash versus Evil Dead, mm-hmm. so it's that vibe. It's scary. It's a, not really scary, but it's a little gory, a little fun. It's Bruce Campbell hamming it up with a lot of stop motion skeletons and stuff like that. Is that the one where I think he travels back in time or something? Yes, he travels back in time and he's trying to get his way back as Ash from Housewares. And uh, I've seen the images; like it's like this is my boom. Yes, it's that Ah. one. Yeah, so he tries to bumble his way back to getting uh, to present time. And depending on which uh, uh, version you watch, uh, he may or may not. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure. (laughs) Uh, But number 10 on this list is not Ash, but Evil Ash. 
Now, oh, in that, not his hand. No, not his hand. <laughs> in the movie, what happens is essentially like he ends up growing another him out of some sort of like weird little eyeball in his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. They do like kind of the stop motion stuff to do it. It's a lot of fun. Evil Ash is the one who is trying to uh, lay siege to the uh, to the castle that he's at. Um, really great. Really fun. A lot of uh, it's a lot of uh, uh, of like body part like humor like you know things falling off and all sorts of stuff like that a lot of slapstick to it evil ash is number 10 on this list and it's really fun um <laughs> number nine on this list is dracula and it's from bram stoker's dracula so is that the gary gary oldman, oldman. yes francis ford coppola's gary oldman on that and that one is cool too because is that one scary he is more menacing than scary but, I mean, more and large, it's more along the lines of the fact that he was able to – they showed him in so many different forms. Mm-hmm. So it was like – he was like old man, but it also like young and like Batman sort of – like not not Batman, Batman, but, but like a man as a bat sort oh. of thing. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of the cool part with all of that. Yeah, and that's what kind of made him so cool about it and really, really iconic. Um, maybe like sec- the second most iconic besides Bela Lugosi's uh, Dracula mm-hmm. and obviously from the 90s. Uh, number eight on this list I love because they're the Graboids. I don't what? know if you know what the Graboids well, are. Okay, Vicky no has idea. no idea what the Graboids are. Now, the Graboids are from the 1990 movie Tremors. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen Tremors? I've not the whole thing, no. Yo asses need to go watch this movie. First off, it's got the greatest country music star ever, Reba McIntyre. <laughs> in it as a redneck hunter. Really? Yeah, so it's basically it's Kevin Bacon and a slew of other characters get stuck in a town where these creatures are under the ground coming up. They're graboids. They were probably called that later on. They weren't even named it at this point. And they have to fend themselves, uh, fend off these guys who are coming to grab them and eat them and take them away. Mm. Uh, seismic activity has set them off. Whatever reason that you would have for that, I don't really remember. But I do remember it being fan-freaking-tastic. Next up on this list is the Candyman. Now, this is going to be coming out next year. Um, Joe's just staring at me. The Candyman can. No. He's the one, yeah, with the bees. Yes. And this was made by Clive Barker. And yeah, mm-hmm. like you say his name like uh, like 75 times in a mirror and Candyman will come and uh, do terrible things to you. Why? Well, I don't know. How? Why any horror movie sort of thing? Does he like candy? Uh, I don't think so, but he did have bees. And then, uh, oh, okay. Well, here's my. Uh, do you want the really, the really sad story about it? You know, I do. Well, uh, he was a, uh, he was a son of a. Uh, the original Candyman was the legend was the son of a slave who became a wealthy businessman after the Civil War, but he was lynched by a mob of racists who cut off his hand, so he has a hook hand in, uh, when he comes back, covered him in honey, and then attracted the bees that stung him to death. So wow. that's where all of the bees come from, his little hooky hand and all that stuff. And if you say his name into a mirror five times, he appears using that hook and he kills whoever summoned him. So you probably don't want to do that. It's kind of along the same lines as like a Bloody Mary sort of thing on that. And uh, it's going to be Jordan Peele who's going to be bringing it back. Ooh, with excited the, for that. The main actor being uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen the second, which we talked about, he uh, I think maybe recently, about yeah. how he was Black Mantis and he was also in The Watchmen. Mm-hmm, exactly. The show. Yep. Number six on this list is Chucky. 
No. Yeah, I know. Yes. I Chucky, do not like. Chucky is fantastic. The first movie was scary. The second and moving on from all of that are just kind of ridiculous so much. I mean, they had Seed of Chucky. Um, Jennifer Tilly was another um, Chucky uh, uh, doll type person mm-hmm. who then she ended up playing herself and then ended up going back to be playing mm-hmm. the playing the, the, the doll as well. It's a whole confused like sort of like almost Deadpool-esque as it was going on or maybe like the future <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street where it gets a little bit more ridiculous and a little more a wink and a nod towards the audience. Dude, this They're is so the, good, though. the reason why I was terrified of Spencer's Gifts, the store at the mall when I was a kid, because of Chucky. <laughs> they always had Chucky dolls hanging out. Really? And so I'd walk by and I'd see it. I'm like, nope, I'm not going oh. in there. That place, I thought it was an adult store because of that. I know the best costume to get your baby brother. You're oh, not getting him a Chucky yeah, costume. <laughs> the next one on this list, number five, is Sadoko Yamamura, which you may not know by the name, but you know is that crazy lady from The Ring. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously... Uh, the lady or the girl? Uh, the girl. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, seven, well, yeah, what, seven days after you watch the video, she'll come through the, the, the TV and eat you or kill you or whatever the hell it I happens. hated static on my TV ever <laughs> since that movie. <laughs> well, I, remember, I remember my friend always had her birthday parties in, like, October, because that's when her birthday was, and she'd always make us watch a horror movie, and that was, like, the I actually Aww. saw that one. And I was really creeped out, because I think it's based here in Washington. Yes, yeah, the the remake was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, fun fact about the l- little girl from The Ring. Yeah? She also did the voice of Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. Really? Yeah. Wow. Makes her less scary. That's like the comp- <laughs> right. It's Lilo, it's Lilo, it's Lilo. Uh, number four on this list. Hannibal the Cannibal Lecter. Everyone here knows about Hannibal. Yep. He was terrifying not only because Hopkins was just, he envisioned that role, but he knew how to creep people out with that. <sighs> Anthony Hopkins is legit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number three on this, you might not remember the name, Ann Wilkes, but uh, see, with you kiddos, I don't even know if you guys oh, will remember. I, hmm. I do know. What? I, she's uh, from the Stephen King book. Yes. Kathy Bates. Yes, in Misery. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's worth it. It's a it's a psychological thriller where James Caan is a author who ends up getting into a car accident, happens to be saved by Miss Annie, who is he's a super fan, right? Super fan. He needs to write his novel while mm-hmm. he's recovering. He explains to her that she that he's going to kill off her most beloved character and finish the book series. Well, that doesn't uh, go too well with her, and so she decides to keep him captive. Including a scene in which it's called hobbling, and we'll just say she takes a nice sledgehammer to somebody's ankles, well, his ankles, and mm-hmm. yeah, funny, it's rough. Funny enough, uh, I mean, I've seen bits and pieces, and people use it for memes and stuff like that, but the reason I really know it is because Family Guy did a spoof of Stephen oh, King movies. Okay. <laughs> And so it was Stewie as Annie Wilkes. Whoa, really? And it was Brian as the the writer. It was pretty awesome. That's actually, that's creepy and funny. Well, at least you learned it from a family guy. (laughs) All right. Uh, Number two on this list. Did you guys ever see The Blair Witch? No. I was like seven. I know, but I mean, scary. Everyone kept talking. Well, everyone kept talking about how uh, it was. It was real. It was real because of the found footage vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, Okay, I was nine years old when it came out, but still. Yeah, Yeah, it came out in like '99 or '98, and it was it was one of those ones where it was kind of one of the first found footage movies, uh, especially one of the ones that went super viral. And so they claim number two is the Blair Witch, and you know what? The fact that it had a bit of a a viral vibe with it, like we found this stuff, and this is totally true and made you want to believe it and the fact that you never actually saw the witch it lends it to the old school horror where it's scary because it's left to your imagination which is way more terrifying than anything will ever be like I swear to god it's like any of that like you don't 
need to see the Blair Witch and under to know that it's going to be under your covers or under your bed or you know down the hallway or in the basement. So you got to turn on the turn off the light and run up really quickly so you don't get caught. Run all those things. Uh, number one on this list, I have to think that you guys have seen Scream. Yes. Yes, actually. All right, Ghostface Killer is number one. Not the not the Wu Tang guy. Uh, Ghostface <laughs> is that one, and uh, written by Kevin Williamson and directed by Wes Craven. Ninety six Scream was the one movie that kind of helped you. It was one of those ones where they they laid out the rules for horror movies. They were lambasting, making fun, satirizing the whole horror movie genre while succumbing to all of the pratfalls and all the pitfalls and all the issues that you would have. Like you wanted to make sure you know never say that you'll be back. Because you won't be. And you explain all these rules Mm. and you go through all this stuff mixed in with a really smart, fun, quick, brutal, brutal movie. And even so much that, like, you didn't know what to expect because the whole thing, top build was Drew Barrymore. She's going to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. First scene, gacked. Before you even see Scream on the title, the title card, she gets wrecked. And you're just like, I don't know what to expect. And every expectation gets turned. So, yeah, I have to give 100% on that. The best villain out there for the 90s especially. I was pretty sure I was that guy for Halloween at one point. <laughs> I was a little kid. Yeah, I wore the mask. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a it's a fun mask. Ooh. Yeah, why sure, why not? Uh, so those are some of those movie villains from the 90s. But I'd love to hear everyone's favorite movie villains. I mean, in the 80s, you're probably going to be fighting between, like, Mike Myers, Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. and Jason Voorhees. So, I mean... Give me some of the old random ones that you love because I love those really bad horror movies. And give me all the kitty ones you like. Yeah, yeah, all the little, yeah, yeah, all the oogie boogies that you got out there. Oogie boogie. Uh, another thing that I lost was or, or found uh, that was pretty cool was uh, CBR put out the D and D five monsters you need to include for a Halloween session. So that's super cool. What? Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I, I know some people will do like one shot Halloween. Like if you like have your friends over, maybe. You know, maybe you can have a couple of people over or you want to do it over like uh, Roll20 or like uh, Discord or Zoom or something like that. And you want to do a D&D because you can't, you can't really do a whole lot this year. And so this might be some of those things that you want to uh, add into your list or into your uh, monster manual for uh, the encounters. The first one on this list is the Shadow Demon. Uh, the Shadow Demon already looks the horrifying part, but the true terror comes with this fiend's abilities. The Shadow Demon can hide as a bonus action while in dim or dark light. That's actually pretty good because... Because, I mean, any sort of creature that can hide can build up that terror. And that's one of the big things that you need to do as a DM is instill that terror. You see things out of the shadow of your eye, the corner of your eye. Add that stuff. Throw in some spooky music. And they don't even know what the hell's going to hit them. I technically accidentally got a shadow demon tattooed then. What? I'm looking at pictures and I found this artwork. It looked very similar. It looked similar to what a lot of people were drawing shadow demons as. Yeah. And I was going through a rough time, so I wanted a demon tattooed. Really? And I apparently have one that looks very similar to this. Wow. That's funny. That is great. Love that. But he is creepy. Oh, yeah. Straight up creepy. Uh, Another one is kind of pretty awesome is the Scarecrow. It's a construct meant for lower level campaigns. In need of a good fright, it might look a little campy when compared to the Shadow Demon, but the Scarecrow still has several qualities that make it a horrifying creature for any low level campaign. It is uh, an animated Scarecrow in a cornfield. So you get to kind of see that as you're walking away, you know, walking down a thing. And I'm pretty sure that Curse of Strahd, the module, uses Scarecrows in some fashion. Or my buddy Chris Walker just added it to his for that extra spooky factor. But <laughs> yes, what if one of those things in the cornfield was just out there and you don't think anything of it and then somebody happens to notice on their good perception rule, it's moving. 
and not because of the wind. It's going to get you. It is going to get you. Uh, next on this list is the Banshee. Uh, the Monster Manual gives you a lot of specters and ghosts, but the Banshee is pretty badass because it usually isn't really picked that often. Uh, in combat, it, uses, it, it acts a bit more like a hunter in the sense that it can focus on getting its targets within either visible range or within an earshot. And if it can get within 30 feet of that target, it can let out that chilling whale that has the potential to drop any hero who hears it down to zero hit points. I mean... Really, really terrifying. Plus, the worst uh, part about it is that running from the Banshee isn't an option because it knows the location of any living creature for up to five miles away. Now, most higher-level characters should be able to handle a Banshee, but with low-level characters, it makes it a lot harder because a lot of the times, first off, you can't get away with from it, but then also, it's a magical creature, and sometimes people don't always have magical weapons to deal with that. Mm, zero hit points is not a lot of hit points. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, you're not. You're, you're, you're dead. Yeah. Well, you might be unconscious, but you're probably dead. Uh, another one is everyone loves skeletons, and according to Home Depot, everyone loves 12-foot skeletons, oh <laughs> so why not add giant skeletons to your party, to your campaign? Oh, that's fantastic. Exactly. And I mean, obviously, like, I don't know if you guys have seen it on Reddit, but people, some people have bought those giant 12 foot tall skeletons mm-hmm. and then decorated them and gave them like glowing eyes and like armor and stuff like that. So if you just get some pictures of that, there you go. You're I good actually, to go. Like a day before I started seeing the memes about all of those, I actually drove by a house that had one and it took everything in me not to stop. Because there are cars behind me. But I'm hoping that uh, after Halloween, they might still have a few available on sale. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I, I want I, one for next year. I hope some people are like, are like, I don't really want this anymore. And I don't know how to store it. It's like, I've got a, I got a garage or, you know, a store. Yeah, a storage place. Can you make them sit? Oh, I wonder. Uh, hopefully be- posable. That would help. <laughs> uh, the final one on this list is someone something that I've actually never heard of, so it'll be interesting to throw that in there. It's called the Oblex. It's a new creation for 5th edition that originated from Mind Flayer experiences, but also from the mind of Nolan Whale, a child from the Make-A-Wish program who wishes whose wish was to spend a day working with Wizards of the Coast on D&D. That's super cool. The Oblex is a terrifying one-two punch of terror. It can consume the memories of its victim, and once it has enough memories, it's capable of manifesting a physical form of the person it had been stalking. So, if you wanted to do sort of like either a body horror, or if you think about the old movie The Thing, something along those lines where somebody isn't what they seem. And that would be really fun for even almost like an Among Us or a uh, uh, anything along those sort of lines where somebody is playing as the as the quote unquote bad guy because they've been turned and then trying to figure that out in the game would be really fun. And that's kind of along the lines of if you're doing if you want a more of a role playing murder mystery experience where people can uh, basically differentiate between in character and out of character, uh, that'll be a lot more fun in those sort of terms. Like less experienced players probably will just be able to like kind of metagame that sort of thing and you won't really have the fun experience that comes with it but like this is super cool too um uh, there's actually i started because i wanted to see what it looked like on uh, the googles and the mm-hmm. uh, nerdist came out with an article a while back they're wondering if this is uh the stranger things for villain Ooh. Kind of uh, like a, you know how they kind of all kind of connect to D. yeah they're wondering if this is what's going to be going on that would be super cool because this thing is terrifying and yes. just the fact that you can take over somebody's memories and then create a manifestation of it and even create Creepier too. Um, there's skulls floating around the body, mm-hmm. which are its previous victims. So it you get to like see a, all the things it ate before. It looks like a scully with like kind of jellyfishy, you know, mixed with the ether from that horrible Thor movie, The Red, mm-hmm. just kind of floating around behind you. It's wow. pre- it looks like a weird gate of hell. Yeah, that 
is creepy. Yeah, that, that nailed it. <laughs> so there's some fun, amazing things. You don't always have to do like Curse of Strahd, but that's a great Halloween thing. If you don't have an idea, you can just run with that with the campaign. But sometimes some of the most fun things are the stuff that you create for yourself, for your uh, uh, for your campaign, for your players. I'd love to hear that because I kind of want some ideas for myself. It doesn't hurt to get all of that. So shoot us an email, send us a message, let us know all of that. But now it is time to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky. Mm-hmm goes on in your brain what no never mind just let's do the geek sheet okay fine uh so it's still as of now as the time of the recording we do not have confirmation yet that we're getting a season three of the umbrella academy ah. which i'm still pissed i'm like give me the season three i know everything's up in the air i know I things know. are going on but now, i would like just this 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 one little thing to hold on to and we've talked a little bit about hotel oblivion mm-hmm. um, because you've talked about that and that was the third graphic novel mm-hmm. um you're currently I, reading i'm it. currently reading it i'm very confused but i'm only yes. three chapters in out of you, the seven. Any book of, like, once you read them, like, it'll make sense. That's what I say to people. I'm like, don't be discouraged. <laughs> if you have to read it a second time all the way through, and that's just do it. And that's what I'm expecting to do. I'm going to read it. Uh, Marvel at Gabriel Ba's uh, artwork because uh, it's so good. It's so unique. Yeah. And uh, then from there, uh, probably have to read it again. And then you'll, you'll get it back. Yeah. And I know we keep talking about it, but I'm still obsessed and I can't wait. Like, I, there needs to be a season three. Otherwise, I'm going to be really upset. Right. That being said, uh, Screen Rant came out with an article talking about uh, new powers each of the siblings could actually possibly have for season three. Now, are they talking like upgrade powers, like level up or just kind of like brand new ones? Because in the comics, uh, the the powers are a lot more involved. And we talked about the fact that like Diego didn't have manipulating projectiles. He can breathe a really I think he had both. Did he? I think he had both. Okay. Like he can he can hold his breath indefinitely underwater. And it's like one of the interesting things with Seance, who is uh, Klaus. Klaus, thank you. Uh, is that he can communicate with the dead and do all of that stuff, but also in the comic books he could levitate things. Mm-hmm. And they kind of made a nod to that when they had Ben levitating yeah, him in him the up. show. Um, so I wonder if they're going to kind of go mm-hmm. around those lines or something like that. Well, what the article's saying, at least for uh, Luther. Because, you know, we saw that his physical strength did grow and he was you know, working out and stuff. Space boy! And actually, funny enough, in the comics, in the second series, he in the second book, he ends up gaining a lot of weight. Fat Thor. Basically. And that's the reason they didn't do it. Yeah. They had, it was because they, of Fat Thor. They couldn't do that. Because seriously, like, and it's really funny because at the beginning of the uh, third one, he he looks like Fat Thor. Yeah. Like, he's huge and fat and just a huge, massive beard. Like, he let himself utterly go. Yeah, because he was just depressed. And I love just the way they kind of handled that in the book. It's kind of funny. Yeah, the the book very much just like it's nothing to do with our reality at all. No, it's not the no. same. So with the show, they definitely have a little bit more set. They're more grounded in like what would be considered our reality. Yeah, a little bit more believable, if you will. Um, but you know, he does. We have seen that he can take a, a bunch of physical abuse from being crushed to a chandelier. Mm-hmm. You know, taking the brunt of a missile explosion. But all that strength <laughs> does have a limit. So as season three would continue, or hopefully, um, that his other abilities may come into play, such as his aptitude for piloting, which if you actually take a peek like when he's in his room, you see all these planes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing would be that they would love to explore more of his monkey-like abilities, like opposable toes, which are mostly downplayed or ignored in the TV adaptation. I don't think we've seen his feet. No. Like, I, I, would, I probably would have remembered that. And it's even like he's, he's not as... Um, pronounced with his uh, monkey appendages, mm-hmm. so to speak, because in the comics, it's like big, giant, hairy. Like his arms are really yeah, long. gigantic and just massive. And while he is big in the show, 
he's just kind of like a hairy dude. Yeah, he looks like a big bulky dude. I would, yeah. yeah, I would definitely love to see you know maybe more of that you know wild side, if you will, kind of come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Diego number two. We were talking about how he is the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but apparently, you know, we, his his quasi telekinetic power is extended in like season two. We saw, you know, when he was able to stop the bullets midair mm-hmm. and kind of change their direction. Um, but he seems to struggle to use his power depending on the velocity and numbers of the objects in air. But he's also been seen to control it with ease. So what, uh, you know, will this power continue to evolve in season three or will we possibly just get more water-based abilities through him? Huh. So, because, I mean, you can definitely, I mean, in a way, if you could, ex- I'm, I'm comic book explaining this. <laughs> <laughs> the reason he can breathe underwater for so long, this is my guess, is because he can direct the the the, the water like and have the air direct into him, you know, change oh. the path of the water and air so he's breathing in air underwater. Has he done anything with water in the series yet? Uh, not on no. the TV show, no, okay. no. It's they've really just been focusing on the projectile thing. Yeah, I want to make sure I didn't miss anything because I don't remember him doing anything. But then again, so much happens in that show. Oh yeah, right. Um, I'm I'm glad this is one of the things I had talked about plenty of times, and this is with Allison number three uh, that her powers aren't just you know do as I say. It's let me change reality, as in yeah. Hey, I heard I blew your mind, and it legit <laughs> blew her mind. Like Pop. she in the comic, it is she. <laughs> The statue of Lincoln comes to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like again, like it's just, just, you, know. you can't base this on any reality. This is Gerard Way's just, weird multi-earth sort of thing. Like it's just right. another dimension that has Earth in it. Yeah, like and a, it's super weird. Apparently, like the Eiffel Tower was a spaceship. Yep. But you know, by aliens and stuff. And I think uh, the Lincoln Tower uh, monument was the same thing. And so he was fighting. They're trying to fight him, and they can't. So she says. I something along those lines. Yeah. Like I heard you got shot in the back of your head, and then this monument of John Wilkes Booth comes up and shoots, you know, Lincoln's yeah. monument, and so that forever, like it was hinted that it changed history that that actually now happened. That's how. That's what I understood from it. And there's a lot of things like that, like especially like yeah, she had like way more reality bending stuff where it doesn't just affect present time, where it could affect all of you know mm-hmm. the time continuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did see her kind of going a little dark. Like, you know, with uh, the whole coffee pouring scene, it's like, are we going to have to see some sort of, you know, bad side to her? Why she like aside from the, uh, you know, emotional and, you know, your relationship struggles that she did have, you know, when she started controlling her daughter and stuff and her ex-husband saw Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that it's a bad thing. But maybe she's afraid for other reasons, too. Be interesting on that. Uh, Klaus number four, we did kind of talk about that. Are we going to see more of his, uh, you know, levitating his, uh, he can, he has the ability to read minds, use astral projection to communicate with his siblings, possess and control the actions of others. So he's actually probably one of like the most, like he's a very strong character, but because of the drugs and personality. Drugs. He's not. (laughs) He already has a cool following. I mean, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but wow, it, yeah. Uh, I mean, that was one of the things, too, they kind of did a nod to. He doesn't wear shoes because that's how he can – he can't use his powers if he's wearing shoes now, in the comics. Uh, because I'm getting my information kind of mixed up or not, did they explain – in the show number five, that he has the DNA from all of the killers, or was I no. reading that? Okay, so that so, was from the comic book. So the reason why number five was such a powerful, you know, assassin, if you will, in the comics is because uh, when he went to the commission, they kind of spliced his DNA with every murderer ever. 
So, you know, you got your... He's John- literally the perfect assassin oh, because like, he's all of the assassins. John Wilkes Booth and then what's a... All, all, uh, Leah Harvey Oswald. Lee that? Harvey Oswald, yep. John Wilkes Booth. Like those guys. Et cetera, et cetera. Like they go through a hit, kind of a whole rundown of like other famous ones, but I don't know them because I forgot. But that's also like in the comic he feels more... Um, eh, colder, if you will, even towards his siblings. Because mm-hmm. in the comic, spoiler, if you guys haven't read the comic, uh, he's the one that actually shoots Vanya. Like at the very end, it was Allison who shoots a gun by her ear, so it disrupts her from you know killing her siblings. But in the comic, he actually shoots her in the back of the head, mm-hmm. which you know, and she survived it. But the thing he says to her, which I thought was ice cold, he's like, "I never really liked you, anyways." Rude. And I was like, ouch. And in the in the series, they definitely make him more of a family type man. Like, yeah. he loves his family. He wants to get back to him. He wants to save them. So I'm kind of glad they changed that. So I don't think they're going to go with the whole let's splice the DNA unless they didn't didn't tell him. Because mm-hmm. I feel like he would have probably mentioned that by now. <laughs> but I feel like he probably is going to have to hone in on his uh, space jumping powers, jumping through time because keeps messing everything up. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. And I just I'm really interested in where they want to go with it. Obviously that we saw at the end of it, we saw the 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 Sparrow Academy. Mm-hmm. Um Papa Hargreaves is still kicking around now mm-hmm. and I want to see that interaction and those issues with that because it'll be fun, but they need to confirm that we have a season 3. Netflix. Come on Netflix. Right. Come on, you know it's super popular and you want to. And I mean, we want to see more Ben, we want to see no more Vanya. Yes. We got to see what's going to happen with these guys. So make it so Until next time, guys, stay nerdy.